0: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southgoom and today I'm joined by rugby writers Andy Howell and Delmi Parfit. Good afternoon, chaps. And uh, let's get started then. Christmas derbies over the festive period for Wales was the best attended Welsh regional Christmas derbies in six years, Andy. 48,000 people is the
1: figure that came through the gates. Good news! Excellent news, uh, Matthew. It shows that the regions have started getting, getting it together a bit this season, particularly the guys out west, the Ospreys and the Scarlets. And I think there is more interest in the in the public in the Guinness Pro12. The other thing that's helped that competition is the qualification route into Europe. Now there's a lot more riding on the league than there used to be. I think the Irish and, uh, have put a great emphasis nowadays on the uh, Pro12, and it means there's a lot more, it's uh, a lot more competitive, a lot more edged to matches, which can only be good news.
0: Right, let's jump into the uh, the derbies that we saw over Christmas, uh, most recently um, this weekend just gone. Uh start with the Scarlets and the Blues, Scarlets 15, Cardiff Blues 10. Um, me and you watched this game together and I feel like it was a, a game where defences were sort of on top, there wasn't much given by either side and I feel like the back rows, and this isn't a, a, me slagging them off, I think they spoiled the game which is probably part of their job. People like and Jenkins, Boyd, and Barkley were all not getting turnovers, but being a real nuisance and get, you know slowing ball down, which really stopped the game from from breathing. I think.
2: Yeah, um, it was one of those games that it was threatening to to spark into maybe not a, a riot of points, but certainly something a lot more entertaining. Uh, there were there was sort of a lot of half breaks, you know, Patchell, Matthew Morgan, um, that nearly resulted in tries, although. Saying that the the three tries that we did see were were tremendous scores, all of them. Um, the first one by um, by Steph Evans, and there was Scott Williams's try, which came from a, a counter attack from deep, which which Evans started as well, and and score, which was a, a fantastic sort of step on on Reece Patchell. So three lovely scores there, but yeah, the 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 action in between was um it was a real arm wrestle. So um you know, but but again it was competitive um i don't think it was uh i don't think it was a boring game by any means so uh not not too bad at all
0: uh, yeah, Dell touched on it there And the Steph
1: Evans effort uh, He's showing some form And making some people take notice He certainly is, uh, Matthew He's come on uh, leaps and bounds I think from uh, playing regularly It's given him uh, confidence At the start of the season There were times when he kicked the uh, ball away When he was in a, on on attack Rather than keeping an hand Looking for support And his defence wasn't any uh, great shakes I think his defence has improved a bit Though he's still work in progress and now he's got the confidence to keep hold of the ball and take people on and you know looking at him he's probably one of the best steppers in uh, Welsh rugby and uh, you know he shows up all over the over the field and he's a player who can actually do something by breaking the uh, first uh, line of defense he's got
2: good vision as well i think Matt. he showed uh, he showed that he's got a, a peripheral vision in the way he scored his own try and set up the other one um you know he's not one of these wingers who just Plants his head down and, and runs in straight lines. Uh, so that was what I, I liked about him, and I think that's what we need to see more um, from from the Wales team. You know, people who, who, who you know appreciate what's what's going on around them.
1: Yeah, I think Del's dead right on that with uh, uh, Steph He's got you uh, he can see you can see things and. Uh, you know, he's, and he's prepared to bring other people into play, because like, as Dell's just said, with uh, Welsh teams, some players tend to die with the ball. Steph Evans is not one of those players. I thought it was a great pass that Scott Williams to put him in. Yeah.
0: So what about the Cardiff Blues then, Del? Um, where, where, do, where does it go for those guys now? I feel like that game to me looked like a team playing in the, the bottom half of the table, incapable of beating a side that's above them. Um, and they're in danger now of being cut adrift from the automatic uh, Champions Cup spots. So... Where does it leave them? That's the problem, I think. uh, Even though they beat the Dragons,
2: I think, you know, losing and... Winning's a habit, losing's a habit. Like I say, okay, they did get the win against the Dragons, but I think the Blues are just in a a little bit of a rut at the moment. Um, Before the match against the Scarlets, uh, Danny Wilson was saying, you know, we're going to do everything we can to to make the top six. Well, you know, that's already looking a bit of a forlorn hope, and it was a key win for the Scarlets because... One or two things were going to happen on on the weekend. Either the Blues were going to get themselves right back in, or the Scarlets were going to put some daylight between themselves and the Blues. And, and of course, the latter happened. And I, I I don't know what the solution is. What what I do know is they've got uh, away to Glasgow. Is the only game they got left in the competition now before the Six Nations. So, you know, with the greatest respect, it, it doesn't bode well for them to repair any of the damage before the middle of February. Mm. And so they're already looking, the Blues, at a bit of a sort of frantic finish to the season where they're a bit like last year, if you like, where they're trying to desperately scramble their way into the Champions Cup, which mm. when you think the start they had, they played four games in September and won them all. They beat Glasgow, they beat Munster. You know, you, you thought, well, they're going get, to get into the playoffs. Well, that probably looks beyond them
1: already Matt that is approval uh, 8 pointer this weekend Glasgow we're looking at the table here they're 9 points behind uh, Glasgow as it stands yes they're only 5 points behind Elster but Elster have got a game in hand against Zebra and Belfast so you expect that to be a 5 pointer for Elster which would put them ahead of Glasgow so really the Blues are already 9 points off the pace they lose this weekend not get anything out of it. it could be 13 points Mm. behind Glasgow so they can forget about qualifying automatically uh, it's such a well, it's such a disappointment, really, because they did start the season by winning four in a row, but their confidence seems to be evaporated. A do you bit. think?
0: Do you think that's what's changed with them? Like, I mean, as Dale touched on there, they beat Glasgow. They were beating the likes of Glasgow at the start of the season, and we
1: were all thinking, "Oh, maybe this is the year where they come come good." But I mean, well, is well, it Lent- just a loss of confidence. Yeah, well, Leicester came to town, didn't they? Johnny Sexton and I played, and he narrowly beat the Blues. I think the real damage was done in their following fixture in the league against uh, the Ospreys. Mm. They started so well against the Ospreys, they were in the lead, and then the Ospreys took control of the game, and the Blues just fell apart. Mm. And I don't think they've ever recovered from it, as so though it was a massive dent in their confidence. It
0: was a big loss, that, wasn't it? Um, talking of big losses, Dell, the news come out today that Reese Patchell... Um, could be out for up to twelve weeks. That's a massive loss for the Scarlets. It is,
2: and he he played well on against the Blues. Um, he looks like he's finding his feet um, in in new surroundings. Uh, Patchell does, and and it's it is it is a big loss for the Scarlets. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I I'm I'm one of these people. I, I think he, he's he's a really good fullback, Patchell. Yeah, I am too. But, but, you know, even though he wants to play it outside half, but yeah, you can't you can't sugarcoat it. It is a it's it's a huge blow for, for the scarlets if um, if he is out for
1: for twelve weeks, which um, you know I'm not not sure that that's uh, confirmed yet. But yeah, Pashal's done a good job at number ten for the scarlets. Oh, they yeah. certainly improved yeah. in that department. But he's out of action now. This creates an opportunity for Dan Jones. Wales under twenties, outside half last season, they won the Six Nations championship. We're out right at the World Cup, though everyone expected a lot better. There's a chance for Dan uh, Dan now to get a run of games and maybe prove, you know, that he could be the future himself, because we've had all this talk of Reese Priestland going back to the Scarlets, uh, uh, allegedly as a fullback. I'll believe that when I see it, mind, (laughs) but, you know, if Dan Jones comes up with the uh, goods now, why would the um, Scarlets want uh, Reese Priestland back, when he, you know, factored in budgets and how much he would cost?
0: Mm. All right, then moving on to the Dragons against the Ospreys, Ospreys winning that one 10-0, um, unfortunately, oh, we weren't talking about the rugby after the game, and we were talking about the pitch.
1: Yeah, that's right because it was a right old mud bath. There wasn't it Newport County played the day before. Pitch has a, a you know hammering at Ronnie Parade because three teams on it with New, uh, Newport RSC as well. The dragon. The weather had been atrocious earlier in the day, and of course the field had uh, had, had flooded. If, if it hadn't stopped raining or any east right off, the game would definitely have been off. But it was easy, easy enough for him to get it on. But of course, it sparked the game. I quite actually enjoyed the first half. It was mm. sort of old school rugby. But in the second half, the Ospreys used the power of their forwards. The much superior kicking game of Dan Bigger, Sam Davis, and Dan Evans to pin the uh, Dragons back. Dragons were kicking and making errors, kicking the ball out on a full, etc. They were total control of the second half. And it was really, it was a bit boring, to mm. be honest. But, uh, but they did a, a, a job. Of course, you could argue, should the uh, Dragons follow the lead of Cardiff Blues and Merthyr, Ponypreed have a, a plastic pitch? But of course, if Newport County are going to stay there, they can't because Football League's uh, rules preclude that. Yeah. So, where do they go? Well, one, one thing, it can't go on as
2: it is. No, because that's what I mean. it's to, to be honest, Matt, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment for, 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 for Newport as a city, yeah. I think, because it's not just a Welsh rugby thing because of the Newport County, this is a, a UK-wide thing and, and they've had matches um, abandoned and postponed and it just paints, you know, Newport as a town, uh, well, as a city and, and its sporting facilities in just an appalling light. You know, how can you have a situation in this day and age with all the pitch technology that exists now? How, how, how can you have this? No Nowhere else puts up with it, and Andy's right about the 4G, okay, if if, um, if you're not allowed to use it in the football league, well in that case, they have to find investment from somewhere, and put down a, a deso uh, sort of f- hybrid surface that, that that they've got say at the Millennium Stadium that they've got at Liberty yeah. and, and Cardiff City Stadium but they you know I remember this has gone on for, for years this isn't just like uh, you know last year or the year before I can remember four or five years ago when there was a, tor- a torrential downpour in one of the rugby games half the pitch flooded and the only response they had was two blokes out on there, out there with brushes, trying to sh- 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 shoo the water down this manhole thing. I mean, it was, and that was all on TV. And that's what I mean. It's just an embarrassment.
0: Yeah, I mean it, the game, and it got sort um, of. I wrote in my my write up after the game that it just turned into a constant kicking back and forth. People, and it's the players not to blame for that because they were clearly they weren't going to play from inside their own half because you can't move the ball with any real speed when you've got that under your feet. Um, so it's not the players fault but I just feel like like Tammy said th- this can't go on because that was supposed to be a Welsh Christmas derby that was supposed to be something for all the fans to come to watch on TV enjoy but it got ruined by the
1: pitch you yeah, say it got ruined by the pitch but the pitch got ruined by the weather yeah. you can't legislate for the weather can you no and you know even though some players weren't that keen about playing on the pitch what happens in New Zealand this summer now if they have a well if they win it actually when the Lions go there they could play in the third test, and it could be and it could be like that. Could yeah, be, I haven't seen be, surfaces be, like that. Could I be mean, a washout, I couldn't I seen it? Once it is, it could be I Armageddon mean, no, rate. Really. But however, I don't think it'd be as bad as that. I mean, that pitch the other day was as bad as 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 the, as the Blues' pitch was when they played the mm. uh, Dragons. Uh, I think that was on a boxing day a few years ago, and it was that match, wasn't it? It was like uh, Rommel's lot against Montgomery's, (laughs) and uh, after that, the Blues decided to put down a plastic pitch. The answer is probably the Dezzo pitch, but I'm not sure how much that costs. What I I would say
2: as well, Matt, just as an aside to all this, um, and and with that game in mind in particular, we talk about the 48,000 going through the the gates. It, It was just a bit of a shame, I thought, that we didn't see better games and okay, you get what you get and and at this time of the year with derbies they're often tight and nervous uh, and and what have you and I think that's an added thing with that is like Andy said, there's increased jeopardy in the league, teams are far more worried about losing games but if you think back at the derbies we've seen in this period can we really say that any of them were were fantastic spectacles some of them were intense and compelling yes, I thought the Ospreys and Scarlets was that but it's not really anything memorable, was it? Mm. You know, to, yeah. to, to get, to get perhaps, yeah. you know, the, the families to keep keep on coming, and that's the key, mm. isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, the best it. match
1: I saw of the holiday period by a long way was the Munster-Lenster Derby, if you like. Yeah. You know, that was so intense. I was like watching an international or high level the UB Ch- Champions Cup match.
0: Yeah, but back to the Ospreys a second, then it. I know there was a lot of, um, oh, we don't mind playing on this, we're up for it, and, and I know Kingsley Jones was saying after the game, oh, I, you know, if the Ospreys think that we don't, we want to play on a bad pitch, then they're wrong, this and that. Um, but the Ospreys were clearly annoyed with the conditions, and I think that comes down, this is my personal view is that teams in and around the Ospreys and chasing the Ospreys at the top of the table, all those teams in the top half will target the Dragons and they will think we need to get a bonus point at Rodney Parade. And the Ospreys were cut off at the knees over the New Year period with their game because, like I said, you just cannot move the ball and, and run with the ball at any great pace when you're running on a rice paddy.
1: I totally disagree with you, Matt. Okay. The Dragons had won five in a row at home before that mm-hmm. and they always tough proposition on their own pitch and they were fancy playing against some of those sides. Uh, they could be playing them doing international windows, which may help them. And I actually think the conditions the other day actually helped the Ospreys more than it helped the Dragons because the Dragons are a bit lightweight, but have got some decent backs. Of course, they weren't able to get those uh, backs going and they actually in the end, they got outpowered by the Ospreys, which is what I thought would happen beforehand when I saw the teams on paper. And uh, so the Dragons need to move the ball away, get people like Ashton Hewitt, Alan Amos when he's fit, but uh, you know they give it, Hewitt had a couple of runs, but a try-saving tackle by Sam Davis on him. But it was very difficult for them to move the ball. So, so if, right.
2: I, if I'd been the Ospreys coach, which clearly I'm not, but if I had been, <laughs> I, I would have I would have just arrived there and said, "Look, we'll take whatever the referee says." Because once you start indicating that you don't think the pitch is fit, you're giving the players an excuse yeah. then to, to take their feet feet off the gas, and and a lot of players don't need much excuse for mm-hmm. that. So I, I, if I, as a coach, the signal I'd have been sending out was, well, yeah, ref ref makes a decision, we'll respect that. But if this game's on, we're, we're, we're more than happy. It, to it,
1: as, you, as you know, Matt, I was there staking the touchline, the changing rooms when the Ospreys arrived. And even before, I knew they were coming because I heard uh, uh, one of their players shouting, I oh, look at that shambles. Uh, you know, how we play on that, and straight away that's another the thing. The dragons' boys were there, uh, and they were rubbing their hands in delight when they heard those words because they thought, oh, they don't want to know. We get stuck into them. But in fairness, to the ospreys they did, uh, and they did uh, front up. Their biggest concern once the water drained was that to make the drainage holes, they were like holes in a pitch, that had to be filled by sand, and uh, they were understandably uh, concerned by the uh, filling, and it was firm enough so no one would go over on their angle. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, as we mentioned, and. It- the Dragons did a good job and they kept the score down and in all intents and purposes they defended very very well but they didn't score any points which is concerning for them
1: yeah yeah they, they give the Osprey's uh, problems at the line out actually on Osprey's throw and Nick Croswell had a really good game a lot of the Dragons uh, dra- Dragons lack length in their kicking game plus also they uh, they kicked the ball out on a full quite a few times and put pressure back on themselves they were in the second half they really until near the end they really got into the Ospreys 22, so they struggled. Uh, I thought when Sal Pretorius came on at scrum half, it's clear they play much better when he's playing because he brings tempo to the game. He came on and did that. The game had already gone, really. It was 10 0, they weren't going to win. But when he, as soon as he came on, they started threatening and tempo. So I th- actually think they uh, picked perhaps the. Um, they should have started with him rather than Tavis Nile, who didn't have his best game. At uh, Scrum Half, and had a go at the uh, Ospreys with Pretorius uh, sniping around the fringes in those conditions and increasing the, the tempo. Okay, uh, moving on, we'll
0: just break away quickly then to discuss our standout players of
1: the Christmas derbies. I'll start with you, And. I'm going to go for Ollie Cracknell. I thought he was a blind blindside flanker uh, f- against the Dragons for the Ospreys. Um, he's a big unit, he's very mobile. Uh, what I like about him what Dell said earlier about Steph Evans as well he's got a bit of vision about him good handling skills Justin Tipridge's try he played a vital part in that the angle he ran was excellent how he drew the last man and then he gave the ball to Tipridge to give him a a run in I thought it was really good play Wales with their problems with Dan Liddy out Faletel has worries over him for the Six Nations wouldn't surprise me if Cracknell forces his way into the Wales job I think he certainly want to keep an eye on for the future Interesting.
2: Del, we'll come to you. I'm to go for my, my man, uh, Steph Evans. Uh, Matt, okay. I, I, it's, I, I honestly <laughs> think that he's, um, you know, he's, he's improved an awful lot and that he is, I don't think he's all that far away from, from Wales' recognition uh, if, if he carries on. And i tell you the other one who I, I thought, uh, particularly against the Blues, uh, was looking a lot more like his old self, was, uh, was Jake Ball. I think he put in a, a ter- terrific shift in in that match, and um, you know I think he's uh, also banging banging the drum as well to to, to um, I was going to say Warren Gatlin, but it's Rob Howley at the moment saying look, you know don't don't forget me in the second row shake-up. So mm. yeah, those two, yeah, Jake
1: Jake's had a tremendous uh, season. So you know um, he started it really well, and he had a rib problem just before the autumn, which obviously affected his chances of getting picked. But you know is he's probably the best ball carrying in uh, lock. You've Wales was awesome have got. Too long as well. Yeah, Very he was good. awesome. Both matches against him. Best ball carrying in lock. And he did really shudder people when he hits them mm. with the tattles. So it's you know lot. you're up against it. You know you're up against someone who's tickling your ribs. <laughs>
0: All right, then by the I'm going to go for Dan Bigger myself. Um, a lot of question marks around him heading into the Christmas derbies. There was talk that Sam Davis uh, should be replacing him as the Wales fly off. And I just think he's sort of... Stuck two fingers up to that suggestion over the Christmas period. I feel like he was in control of both games. Um, Obviously, the Ospreys won both of their games over the Christmas period. I thought he tightened things up in the second half against the Scarlets. I think his kicking game against the Dragons was effectively what won them the the game. They just sort of helped strangle the life out of the hosts uh, in that one. First Welsh player to get uh, 2,000 points for his region in a Pro 12 uh, over the Christmas period. I just think that... Once again, he's sort of answered the doubters and the critics and I think he's now number one to start a ten for Wales.
1: Well, you know what you get with Bigger, don't you? But I didn't disagree with you again. He was excellent against the Dragons and I would always start it with him against uh, them. You say he tightened the game up in the second half against the Scarlets. Should, though, they have kicked on against the Scarlets and See? gone for more tries and you know? all? Would Sam Davis have opened up the Scarlet's defence more than, uh, than, than bigger I know they got
0: they got criticised for the way they closed that game out against the Scarlet's and many saw it as negative but I just feel like they were effective in what they were trying to do and I feel like he was central to that I know um, we want to see them play expansive rugby but you know you got to win first and foremost and that was a big game as well both in the playoff spot so I know what you're saying about Sam Davis and he does excite me when he when he takes it to the line and brings people into the game but I just think bigger bigger just sort of showed how you close a game out against very good opposition in that one personally
1: yeah yeah fair enough comment. one thing was uh, Sam though now he signed a new contract hasn't he stayed at the Ospreys um, let's hope they don't use him all the time though or nearly all the time a back they do give him enough chances at number 10 which they were doing before he put pen to, uh, mm. uh, pen to paper.
0: Alright, then let's uh, roll it on a bit more. Um, Dale, I'm going to bring you in on this because you've done a piece uh, today looking at a few uh, niggles and injuries yeah. that some frontline Welsh stars are carrying at the moment. Um, we know that uh, Lydia's out, Gethin Jenkins is out, and uh, you know, a bit of from out in the cold, but Rhys Priestland is also likely to miss the Six Nations. Um, aside from that, we've got Falatow, Webb, Samson Lee, Gareth Anscombe, Bradley Davis, Hallam Amos. Charteris, all and knocks, and there are question marks over whether George North and Jonathan Davis are, are still struggling with it. With the niggles they've had, obviously George took some blows to the head, and um, Jonathan Davis has got a bit of an issue with his hamstring in recent weeks. So, how much of a concern is that going to be for Rob Howley?
2: Well, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think Wales have probably haven't got any more injury concerns than other countries. You look at what what England have got at the moment. Mm. Obviously, they've got more depth, but. I wouldn't mind betting that um, most countries are probably struggling with, um, you know, injuries that they could do without. But it it was just interesting. I sort of went through it this morning. um, And and I stress that a lot of those players that you mentioned, they are by no means out of the Six Nations or even out of a part of it. Um, Mm. But the problem, what what concerns me is is that the Six Nations now is almost precisely a month away. And uh, I think Wales... Really need to be going into it with their their, their key players, not <laughs> not just past fit, but fit and firing. If you know what I mean, yeah, and yeah. and I, I, it just worries me that we're going to go in with one or two players who, who are going to just just make it. You know, mm. like 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 your your Reese and your Falatau. I know, T- T- Falatau is is you know when he came back in. This autumn he looked like he'd never been away, and okay, he, he's he, he's probably exception. He's a player who, who can do that, but it just worries me. I think this Italy game, um, I think it is the classic uh, banana skin, if you like. Um, and Wales, um, they need they need to go in fit and firing, and and people like Jonathan Davis and George North, we need them at, with their A game in Rome, mm. not. You know, not with niggles and um, and other, other concerns.
1: Yeah, I think what Robert Howley's going to have to consider is: does he go? Does he pick players like that on past reputation Who've been who are unfit or aren't being fit or not firing on form? Does he pick players on uh, on form? Jonathan Davis, you can see clearly see with him, his hamstring is still an issue. It kept him out of most of the autumn internationals. He played against the Blues. And I think you wrote about him, uh, Matt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about his performance. But uh, so, you know, how much bandage he had on his uh, hamstring, it's got to be a worry. He probably thinks every time he sprints, he's wondering where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. So that's an issue with Wales, right though. Wales cannot afford to go into this championship, Italy and then England, undercooked. Because if they do, potentially they are in trouble. Okay, then let's move it forward again, back to the regions. And
0: I'll come to you first. The uh Dragons take on Treviso on Friday night at quarter past seven. Um it's a good chance for the Dragons to get back on on the ball is isn't it? After what the you know, the Christmas derbies and that. It's a good chance for them to get back to winning ways.
1: It is, but looking at this table, if Treviso happened to win this game, they could actually go ahead of the dragons in the table. So there's ad- added it incentive. It's added for the incentive for the dragons, for the dragons isn't it? Uh they need to uh yeah they need to get back to winning ways like I said before the Ospreys they won five in a row at Rodney Parade they've probably got the confidence uh, it certainly be an interesting one if you know will come with their uh, A game and uh, up for it and I think the start of the match usually dictates against Italians what happens in the rest of it um, yeah the Dragons will be looking certainly to win that game and I guess the uh, you know, if they could get an extra point, a bonus point out of it, they'd be even happier. Uh, I, I,
2: let's just hope that th- there's not a light shower within a five-mile radius <laughs> of the ground before we
0: go. But we've spoken about how Treviso could overtake them here. But uh, that aside, a, a loss against an Italian side is never great for the confidence, is it? For these Welsh teams, well, we're
1: not in Wales, but of course, the Welsh teams have got a bit of an history of losing in Italy. Let's yeah. don't you know, let's don't forget about that Our record in uh, the record. Of a lot of the Welsh teams in Italy is not that clever. Mm. But uh, losing at home of course, um, against them would be a, a, a huge blow, a huge blow, and it wouldn't help the Dragons as so they try to find uh, seeking masters uh, to uh, take them over. Prediction in that one? Oh, I think the Dragons. Uh, I think the Dragons will win that, but I don't think they get a bonus point.
0: Okay, moving on. Del, uh,
1: Scarlets against
0: Ulster also on Friday night. at twenty-five to eight um, could do with a win in this one. The, the Scarlets, when you look at the table, is is starting to back up a bit behind them. And you've got Ulster there on 32 points and you've got the Scarlets there
2: on 36. Well, they need to to basically sort of cement the good work they did against the Blues. It would be be a real um, frustration if they took one step forward and then two back by losing this. But I I think Ulster are strong. I I think uh, this could be close, I I think. Mm. Uh, I think it could be really close. uh, But I think... I think the Scarless, they might be reeling a little bit from the patchy blow as well. Um, you know, I think. Uh, but that said, the, you know, they should uh, they shouldn't be short of confidence at the moment because they've had a, a decent run with it, You know, the, the defeat to the Ospreys aside, but uh, I think it's.
0: Uh, You've also yeah. got a lot of games in and around them. You've got Leinster playing Zebra at home. Yeah. You've got Glasgow playing the Blues at home. Yeah, you know We'll talk about the Blues in a minute, but it wouldn't be inconceivable to see Leinster obviously winning against Zebra and, and Glasgow winning against the Blues. And then that really starts to put pressure on the course it, on Of course Scarlets. it
1: does, it? if you take into account what we talked about earlier, Elster's game in hand. Because to me, realistically, to take our game in hand into account, they probably, in real terms, they'd be a point ahead of the Scarlets. Uh, this is a huge game for both... Uh, uh, both teams, I know Elster are going to be right up for it because they are desperate again at the top four. And when you look at their squad, they've actually probably got the strongest squad in the competition. Mm. What will be interesting is if the likes of uh, Paddy Jackson, Ian Anderson, Tommy Bow uh, turn up this weekend and that because I know because Elster, I saw the match last weekend against uh, Leinster and uh, they had loads of that game, score didn't reflect the match. But I know they will be. Uh, their coach Les Casey will see them after after the mistakes they did and the try opportunities they wasted.
2: Um, you just you just feel as well with a four point gap, they're going to come down and really target this game. Mm. So I think we'll know a lot more about the scarlets. Uh,
0: I think on um, on Friday. Prediction for that one, Bill?
2: I, 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 th- I just think Ulster narrowly by four or five points.
0: Okay. Uh, moving on, and uh, Ospreys against Connacht on Saturday at half past one. Um, huge incentive for the Ospreys, of course, because Munster are playing their rearranged fixture against Racing, so they're not playing. The Ospreys can go top.
1: Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Connacht, you know, they are the champions, uh, uh, surprise champions at that. They're languishing eighth in the table, and they've got so many injuries. You know, there's, uh, they're struggling to put a team on a pitch, but they have performed miracles. In the Champions Cup, they've beaten Toulouse, they've beaten uh, Wasps, and they've been a credit, really. But, is, uh, you know, which form which are they going to bring to the Liberty? Will it be their European form or their league form? They lost the big derby against the uh, West of Ireland derby against the Munster uh, last time out in Banny. It was a brutal battle, and they suffered some more collateral damage in it. So, uh, you know, I would have thought, Wolver all these matches, short period of time, Osprey's got a stronger squad, full of confidence... At the Liberty, Ospreys will win. And, of course, they'll be trying to stop the uh, Connors from scoring a try. The Ospreys have gone nearly five hours. I think it's 296 minutes without conceding.
0: Mm-hmm. Dan, you just can't see the Ospreys losing at the Liberty Stadium in that one, can you? No, and, and
2: Andy mentions that record of not conceding, which is, um, you know, I don't care what, what competition you're in or what level you're at. If you go that length of time... Um, keeping shutouts is is, is is phenomenal really and it's not as if um even though it might be more in the European competition, it's not it's not as if they haven't been short of a try or two themselves. So mm. yeah, I think I think it's looking good for the Ospreys. They're well placed in this and and in Europe and um, they've got a great chance this year and and I really hope they can uh, they can win something. Mm.
1: And the other thing is, the Allsprey's got an added incentive. If they win this match, they will equal their best ever winning streak of uh, of eight, which was right. actually done in 2014, not during not during the galactical era of Gavin Ensign, Justin Marshall, and James Hook. <laughs> He's got all the stats. On all the, the stats today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Then finally, by uh, Glasgow against Cardiff Blues at 25 to eight on Saturday night. Um, I've probably been tucked up with that one again. Uh, tough ask for the Blues to go up
1: there and. Oh, I think so because Glasgow are a, a quality team they've they got a splendid coach in Gregor Townsend who's taken over the Scotland job and um and it'll be really tough, Glasgow playing well. I saw their derby over Christmas against Edinburgh, in front of 21,000 at Murrayfield. That was a really good match, I thought, better than the Welsh derbies, and Glasgow bit a, a, a bit of form. Tough for the Blues, one thing the Blues have got going for them, Scotts Toon has now got a plastic pitch like the Air uh, at the Arms Park, so I think that could help, help the Blues, they're not going to be caught out by the pitch.
0: Mm. Uh, Dale, I hope I don't come across as being too harsh on the Blues today, but it just they frustrate me at times this season. I think if they want to be genuinely considered among the top six or seven, well, the top six best teams in the league, going to Glasgow and beating teams above them is something that they need to be doing. It is,
2: but I don't think they're going to. No, I really <laughs> don't. I, I, I'm, I'm With Andy, I'll be, well, look, I'll be honest, I'll be amazed if they win up there, um, the way things are going. I think they're down on their luck, and I think... This was one of the, the absolute prime fixtures they didn't want at this time that they could do with a, a home game against one of the Italian sides just to, to try and put a few patterns right and try and get a few points on the board and score a few tries for confidence. Mm. I think going up there is the last thing they need. Um, and like Andy says, you know, Glasgow, they don't lose many at home. They're well coached. Um, I hope I'm proved wrong, but it's just everything to me points to a, a defeat for the Blues on um, on the weekend
1: prediction is? I think that'll be a high scoring game I think and I think Glasgow ledger OK thanks chaps we'll leave it there for today
0: thanks for joining us and thanks for listening um, to you guys at home don't forget you can subscribe to the Welsh Rugby Podcast on iTunes so head over there give us a subscription and like and comment and all that great stuff um, as always you'll we'll be able to catch all the build up live updates and reaction to the regional matches on on Online.